Uh, turn over to Galatians, um, if you want. Uh, Galatians, of course, is is kind of our our, our focal point. Galatians chapter five, uh, verses twenty two through twenty three. As we're talking about the fruits of the spirit, last week we talked about uh, love being the first fruit of the spirit. Love uh, being agape love. Um, agapao, uh, which is that unconditional love that um, you are thinking of the cares and the desires and, and, and basically whoever it is you're showing that love towards, you're thinking more about them than yourself um, and you care more about their happiness within that love. Um, and that's the love that, that God has for us. That's the love that God showed for us um, in, in sending His Son uh, to die on the cross. And as we closed out last week, we talked about how love um, is, um, when you have that kind of love, it's completely natural and it's intended that it also be accompanied by joy, which is the next fruit of the Spirit, which we'll talk about um, tonight. Um, so the fruit of the Spirit is joy, is, uh, you know, of course, what we get from Galatians chapter 5. Um, and when we look at, as we mentioned last week, um, Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23 has the fruits of the Spirit. But right before that, in verses um, 19 through 21, uh, we have the opposites of the fruits of the Spirit. These are the works of the flesh, or the fruits of the flesh, if you want to think about them um, that way. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about how the, the opposite of love um, is, is hatred. Um, and the opposite of of joy um, is really um, found in a lot of the characteristics that we see are works of the flesh. You have um, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. All of those things stem from a lack of joy. Um, now, the kind of joy that the fruit of the spirit, or the, the kind of joy that the spirit produces, um, is um, characterized really by the word. Um, the word uh, in the Greek, as I mentioned this morning, is chara, um, which is closely connected with uh, the word for grace, which is charis, same root. Um, and the, the, the word as defined by Thayer is joy or gladness, and Vine def, uh, defines it as delight. Um, this joy, um, it is in, in a very important part to the kingdom, uh, uh, the kingdom of God. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Of course, Paul talking about here about causing you know, how we interact with our brothers, the things that we do that could cause a brother to stumble. Um, and, of course, talking about the things that we eat being a stumbling block for some, as it was then. Um, but in verse 17, Paul says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul characterizes the kingdom of God as righteousness and peace and joy. So those are characteristics as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, as we were talking about this morning, behaving as citizens of the kingdom. These are characteristics that we, too, must strive to have. Uh, the joy that the Spirit produces uh, is a gift from God. 
Uh, it's closely related to our faith and hope. Still in Romans, go over just a few verses to Romans 15, verse 6. Or, I'm sorry, 15, uh, 13. It says, may the, uh, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. There's peace come, uh, accompanying joy in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may ba- abound in hope. Now, if you notice, so far we have peace and joy accompanying one another when being talked about by Paul. The fruit of the Spirit that we're going to look at next week is peace. Love, joy, peace. Right? They're all tied together in this. Um, so this, um, this gift um, is related to the hope that we have. You know, when we think about hope, we have hope because of the free gift that has been given to us. That free gift that has been given to us is joy, but it's also grace, right? Same root words, hara and haris, uh, they're both interconnected. Both of them are free gifts. And because we have grace, and because of that grace, salvation has been made uh, available to us, then because of that, that should bring us great joy because of the hope that we have. The hope that we have in Christ. Uh, the spirit, the joy that the Spirit produces uh, is also a blessing that helps sustain us in times of persecution. First Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 7 talks about this. It says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. There's the joy. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You know, we talked about this morning how the, one of the major themes of Philippians is joy. Even as Paul was sitting in a jail cell waiting for his trial, right? You didn't sit in jail in, in these days as a punishment, right? You sat in jail to await punishment. But in and of itself, it was a punishment, even though um, in many cases they had not yet been tried uh, and they were just sitting there waiting for that trial date. But even in that that atmosphere, that environment of persecution, Paul was filled with joy, overwhelming joy, and it was a joy that he find uh, that is found in Christ. And he um, commends the Thessalonians um, for the same thing. He said, "You were imitators of us. You received the word in much affliction, but you did so with the joy of the Holy Spirit." So even through persecution, even through the trials, they still had the joy of the Holy Spirit. And the joy that the Spirit produces can be described as inexpressible and full of glory. Look at what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 1, <coughs> starting in verse 6. In this you rejoice. Right? Rejoice. The root of rejoice is joy. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the testing and genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do, uh, do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Notice in verse 8, he says, you rejoice with joy. That is redundant, 
right? Because joy is already a part of rejoicing. If you're rejoicing, you already have that joy. But if you rejoice with joy, it is an exuberant amount of joy that is overwhelming you. And as Peter also says, is inexpressible. So those who are led by the Spirit will produce the fruit of joy in their lives. All of these things that the, the joy that the Spirit produces. Now, how, what does it look like in the life of a Christian? Um, Philippians 4, um, something from our reading this week. Philippians 4, verse 4. This is a popular verse that Paul wrote. Um, one that we've probably heard many times. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I think there's a couple songs written about that. Two times, he starts the, starts the sentence with rejoice, ends it with rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It should be constantly present in our lives. The joy that we have. And the joy that we have should, um, should really drive us in our praise and in our worship. As we're talking in our Sunday morning class. Because we find joy not only in the hope that we have, but we also find joy in our association with one another. Look at another one of the uh, prison apostles, Philemon, chapter 1, <laughs> verse, uh, we'll, start, we'll start in verse 7. I laugh because Philemon's only one chapter, for those who didn't get the joke. Um, Philemon chapter 1, verse 7 says, For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Okay, speaking to Philemon there. And then in verse 20, he says, Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Philemon was a, a joyful person, but one who helped bring joy to others. He was an encourager. Um, and Paul found great um, comfort in that. Um, look at First Thessalonians chapter 2. Start in verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at His coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. The, the, the church that met in Thessalonica, that was His joy. And I think he could say the same about many of the other churches that he was a part of planting, that he being Paul, in that they brought him great joy, not because of the work necessarily that he put into them, but the fact that they were flourishing, the fact that they were remaining faithful, uh, and that that brought him great joy. Because we find great joy when we are together in our fellowship, in our worship together. James chapter 1 is another uh, good example of how we can find joy in our lives. Many of you probably know where I'm going with this. James 1, verse 2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face tri- or meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And of course, steadfastness, uh, uh, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And we find joy in even the difficult circumstances. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things that one can do uh, is finding joy when times are tough, finding the positive. But 
If you let the words that James wrote there, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to really rest in your heart, then when you meet trials of various kinds, you try and you start looking for the positive. Even when others around you are looking at the negatives, you try to find the positive of that. Um, And this is all tied in, again, to what Paul talks about in Philippians, his circumstance, the example that he gives us. Um, But when we are suffering for Christ, right? We, We said this morning that that is a privilege if you ever have... If that ever happens to be the case, that is considered a privilege. But First Peter chapter 4, verse 13, uh, Peter writes, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. When we think about why in the world could we ever rejoice in being persecuted, rejoice in, in possibly suffering death or torture, at Christ's sake, we rejoice because we know that there's something much better waiting for us. And it all comes back to that hope that we have, that free gift that we find and we receive uh, in grace. So, um, when, we, when we walk by the Spirit, can others see the joy in our lives? Do people look at us and say, that's a joyful person? Can they look at you and say that's a joyful person because of the hope they have in Christ? Or do they not know? So walking in love, experiencing joy, both fruits of the Spirit. Again, it is understandable and right in line with what we see throughout the New Testament that, one, that those that are being led by the Spirit will also have peace. And we'll, co- we'll cover that and look at that next week. So tonight, as always, we offer up the invitation. You know, we've talked about the hope that we have in Christ and the joy that that brings because of the, the hope that we have of eternal life, because of the free gift of grace that was poured out on the cross for us. God loved us, had that overwhelming, unconditional love for His creation that He sent His Son to die even though we were His enemies. And those who are outside of Christ are still considered in that enemy category. But God does not desire for anyone to perish but for all to come to repentance. So if we can help you uh, tonight with that, if you wish to obey the gospel and be baptized for the remission of your sins, Or if you have any other need that we can assist you with, now is the time that you can come forward while we stand and sing.